Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm all right. It's a, you know, it's a rainy day. Feeling a little, you know, a little cozy, a little sleepy. <laughs> See, I'm just bothered because the uh, plants are letting their evil out and the, all the flowers are spreading oh, their evil yeah. around and it makes uh, my sinuses angry mm-hmm. and makes my throat sad. Well, the rain should help with that, actually. should kind of tamp down the pollen a little bit. Hey, your lips to Gaia's ears. You know what I mean? Take that, Mother Earth. You're wet now. <laughs> Deal with it. She likes it. Okay. So, now, Mari... <laughs> Uh, we are this week talking about van life. We are. Which I assume is like when you travel around living in a van and not like, I love vans. <laughs> Correct. All right. Not just like, yeah, now we have kids. We bought a van. Van life, right? This right, is right. Different. No, no, no. Live, living in a motorized vehicle is what we were talking about specifically. Obviously, cultures all around the world live nomadic lifestyles, have for centuries. Sometimes millennia. Indeed. And there have been different covered vehicles, right? I mean... Your Conestogas. Your... That's all I can think of off the top of my head. (laughs) That's Um, a covered wagon, right? Yeah. Yeah. But specifically today, we're talking about the more modern phenomenon of van life, which includes motorized vehicles. Sure. This includes, you know, plenty of people in the United States and in the UK who have chosen to take their lives on the road. And you've probably seen it on Instagram, at least, right? Hashtag van life. Yeah, it's always an interesting, not to uh, sidestep into a world I'm not, uh, into like a topic that I'm not fully versed on, but it is always interesting because I think there's the side of it of people who are like, this is a choice that I've made for Maya. And then there's the side where I'm like, this feels like an influencer choice, doesn't it? This feels like a thing you've done. Like when you see tiny homes and you're yeah. like, it looks like you wanted to live and you look like you're doing this for blog purposes. And when that blog's done, you're going to move into an apartment somewhere. It's possible. It's possible. And there's a whole range of reasons why people do the things they do, especially when it comes to van life. But first First of all, it is a little more than get a van and live in that van. Sure. You got to put stuff in the van. Yes. And you got to take some stuff out of the van, like yeah, seats. Sure. So you put a bed in there. Maybe. Or maybe get a school bus instead. Plenty of room. There are definitely people who do that. Yep. The idea is that it's supposed to be a simplification of modern life. And, you know, you could also do maybe... You want to, I don't know, homeschool your children in a variety of national parks. Or maybe your your job, it takes you to different locations and you don't want to be constantly, you know, looking apartment hunting. I met uh, some folks when I did D&D in a castle uh, and their job was digital nomads where there was Mm -hmm. that kind of deal. So let me, I'm going to get out ahead of this and say, I think aspects of this are wonderful. I could not do it. Oh, no. I couldn't either. No. No, no. I couldn't. Mostly because, and I love you very much, I love our kids very much, but the idea of like, hey, we're all going to be in this small space forever together, I can't. I simply can't. The number of times, I'm a very social person, but that comes with a certain amount of recharging that has to happen, Mm -hmm. sitting quietly in a room by myself, staring at a wall six inches away from my face. (laughs) I think that at some point you have to expand your indoors into the outdoors, right? Mm, I also don't like like that. The park becomes your living space. I don't know if you know this, but outdoors is where both bugs and bears are. Mm. Two of the worst B words. Not the worst, but they're up there. Listen, where they belong, I don't want anyone writing me like, bugs are great, bears are great. I agree. 
when bugs and bears and I are in different places, heck, even the bugs and bears can be together. But as long as I'm not in the same place as a bug and bear, I think they're great. Now, don't get me started on bug bears. Oh, boy. Okay, let's start at the birth of the concept. When do you think that it first got on the road, so to speak? Well, I'm thinking it's when hash was a different thing, the 60s. <laughs> Earlier, actually. What? Yeah. Um, that seemed like a very hippie, like we're going to follow a band. Or it like, definitely so, yeah. does. There, there was definitely part of that to that lifestyle. Okay, so we're going to start with the first van-type vehicle, even though it was technically horse-drawn. 1855. Oh. Which people, is... Wait, were people living fan life in 1855? This guy was. Okay. Dr. William Stables. Doctor of vans. <laughs> 11 years before the invention of the automobile, by okay. the way. So, Dr. William Stables was a Scottish medic and a prolific novelist who wrote over 130 books over the course of his lifetime, wow. uh, most of which was adventure fiction. He was a massive fan of Jules Verne. So, you know, his wanderlust and also love of adventure makes a whole lot of sense. And so his love of Jules Verne, especially the kooky modes of travel, seemed to be a great inspiration for his traveling home. Uh, so in 1855, he commissioned a... Gentleman's Caravan from the Bristol Wagon and Carriage Works. So at this point, like I said, there were people who definitely lived in wagons, right? Yeah, but this is a gentleman's This was what he called a gentleman's caravan. And so he, he drew out this kind of mobile home that looked a lot like a train car. Uh, it had side windows like that and kind of a, like a, a small front door and like lanterns, right? Are you picturing it? Yes. Are you thinking of it? Um, and he affectionately referred to it as the Wanderer. I I would hope that that was affectionate. It would be weird if he referred to it derisively as the Wanderer. <laughs> oh, that? That's the Wanderer. Wan- wanderer. I say it wrong, don't I? Because it's do. a West Virginia thing. Yeah, wanderer. Yes. That feels so pretentious. <laughs> the wanderer. But no, one, wanderer. wanderer. Wanderer is a different thing. That's someone the who one thinks direction. about wondering things. Okay, the wanderer. The wanderer. <laughs> oh, I hate it. It's got a bad mouthfeel. Okay. Uh, I mean, it could have been derogatory because he seemed to spend a lot of time pulling it out of ditches. Oh, so um. <laughs> maybe maybe derogatorily he called it the flounderer. Oh, maybe, maybe. He managed, uh, with the help of his friends, constantly pulling him out of ditches. Is uh, he a bad driver or were there just ditches it was, everywhere? There were ditches everywhere, oh. but also it, it was, was a ditchier time. It was unruly. It was an unruly vehicle. Oh. So he traveled the length of Great Britain, even wrote a book about it. But My time in the ditch. <laughs> Could have been, could have been called that. Ditches um, get stitches by Doctor Stables. Finally, oh, Staples stitches. Was that his last name? Staples or Stables? Or? Stables. Stables with Sta- a B. With a B. So like courses. That's what I was. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought you said Staples because no, that's that, like stitches. Yeah, but that wasn't his name. <laughs> Oopsie. It'd be weird if he made a pun out of his own name. <laughs> but it was okay. That wasn't his name. Anyway, anyway, a few decades later, we have an upgrade. In 1919, the Eccles Motorized Caravan came about. Mm, Classic. Um, And this was actually the way that you got, like, the the motorized part into it, right? So it didn't have to be pulled by horses. Okay. Um, And it was a huge hit. People loved the new level of privacy. 
They love the idea of spending quality time without having to stay at like a bed and breakfast with a bunch of strangers. I want to see it. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. Oh, okay. So this is like um, hitched yes. to the back of a car. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. It didn't have an onboard motor. That's what you mean. So it is cute. It is cute. It is cute, and it looks exactly like a train car. It does. It looks like a tiny train car. But this was the upgrade, right? So it started kind of like that. Then, after the Eccles motorized caravan came the onboard motor. It needed kind of the the military intervention, right, of the idea of a self-driving recreational vehicle. Yeah. So it was really just starting to be developed around World War I. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, it kind of has a, a lot in common with the tank, don't you think? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 1935. I will say, if I was going to get into a car accident... I'd rather get in a car accident in a van than in like a two-seater little sports car, right? Sure. I, I'm just saying, there's a lot more, <laughs> a lot more to crumple in a I, van. You I know suppose, what I mean? yeah. There's a lot more, a lot more to take the the impact, isn't there? Uh, so 1935 is our next benchmark. There was a naval aristocrat who went by the name of Captain Dunn, who arranged to have the empty chassis of a Pontiac Six shipped to him from the United States back to Great Britain. Okay. Once it arrived, he and a team Built of- Built it into a fighting robot. <laughs> not quite. Okay. Uh, a team of local builders put it into a one-of-a-kind home on wheels. Uh, it was well ahead of its time, and many people cite this as like the motor home that started the camper van industry. Is this Captain Dunn, D-U-N-N? Yeah. Okay. Are you Googling I it? I want to see if I can find it, yeah. You want to see a picture? What year was this? 1935. This? Mm-hmm. Looks like it. Okay. This is interesting because it looks like what we think of like a mobile home caravan thing that you would hitch on the back of a car, except it looks like the car has been pushed backwards into it. Mm. So now you can only see like, you know, the hood, the front of the car. Like you put the camper on the flatbed of a truck. Sort of, but it's more just like the... It's it's like you were taking a photo and somehow the middle of the photo got cut out. <laughs> so you could just see like the front of the car where like the headlights and you know the hood and the engine are, and then suddenly camper van right behind it. It's wild. Sure. Um stylish though, especially in nineteen thirty five. I like this. He still got to enjoy it for a few uh joy rides, some trips before he died in nineteen forty, but his wife kept up the beloved car and passed away in the 90s so wow yeah so it's still in great shape to this okay. day okay yeah i mean here's this this picture of it i believe is from like 2015 yep that's wild okay so what does this have to do with van life well i can't wait to talk about it but first how about a thank you note for our sponsors Get out there, get in your van, and hunt a killer. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know if I can advocate for that. But hunt a killer is something that you do in your living room. Maybe your living room is in a van. Maybe, maybe it is. But maybe, you, whether you're living in a van or an apartment or a home or on the moon, you can play, actually not on the moon. On I don't the think moon. they're gonna ship it to you there. But you can play hunt a killer. It's an amazingly immersive uh, at home. Uh, mystery adventure puzzle game. You're going to love it, man. I have been doing it for years now. Uh, it's fun to do by yourself. It's fun to do with friends. You can do it remotely. Have one ship to your friend in New York. You do it in your home in Cincinnati. I have done this. It is fun. They're going to send you all kinds of stuff, but it's not just like pieces of paper. You get like props. 
You get like notebooks and necklaces and all kinds of amazing things you're going to get there. Didn't one of them come with red string for one of those like pin I did things? get that one, yes. Yeah, with pin boards with red string. I might have just done that on my own because I'm me and I'm <laughs> extra. Uh, so you can examine the evidence, eliminate suspects, catch the killer with immersive engaging storylines filled with plot twists. It's all kinds of stuff. You're going to love it. Uh, we love it. Uh, it's a great game night, uh, a lot of experiencing. You are going to absolutely love it. So head over to Huntakiller at bit.ly slash Huntakiller underscore Schmanners and use Schmanners for 10% off your order of immersive murder mystery games today. Thank you, Huntakiller, for sponsoring this episode one more time. Bit.ly slash Huntakiller underscore Schmanners and use the code Schmanners at checkout. With Max Fun Drive in the books, we'd like to welcome our new members and say thanks to everyone who's supported us over the years. Welcome. Thanks. And now, on to the sticker sale. A lot of this year's drive gifts and live streams focused on food. We love how food can bring communities together, but not everyone has access to the food they need. So we'll split the proceeds from our sticker sale among five U.S. food banks in areas disproportionately affected by poverty. The sale ends Friday, April 14th. Members at the $10 monthly level and above can purchase any stickers they'd like. There's also a special Max Fun sticker featuring Nutsy the Squirrel that all members can purchase. For more info, head to MaximumFun.org slash sticker sale. And thanks again for your support. A man was walking along a beach which represented his life. At his feet were two sets of footprints, his and God's. But looking back down the beach, the man could see that in the hardest parts of his life, there was only one set of footprints. So the man said to God, Why is there only one set of footprints when times were hard? Where were you? And God replied, My precious child, I was in my car, listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award winning comedy podcast and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so what does it have to do with van life? Aside from being, I guess, proto-van. Indeed. Um, Well, the thing that finally kicked off van life was... No, leisure time. Oh, man. So right after the World War II... Uh, We had people wanting to go out on the open road across the U.S. This was the time for family vacations. Episode 171 of Schmanners focuses on family vacations. Was I supposed to be able to hear that? Was that for me? Was it was for them. That was for them. Uh, speaking of our kids, uh, we need to teach them about stage whispering because I keep whispering and people's like, I heard that. I'm like, I know, man. I said it quite loudly. So this is when people were looking for convenient travel choices with families uh, and larger car companies made the move to mass manufacture camper vans and other, you know, recreational vehicles. Sure, sure. And this is during the time when a German company by the name of Westfalia uh, began creating custom kits to convert their small buses into more travel-friendly vehicles. So this is the first VW transporter campers. (gasps) 
that would eventually become those big VW buses. Mm-hmm. That That's what I picture when I think of hippies, right? Yep, that's okay. it. That's what you think of. Um, and then also the dorm mobile. The what now? The dorm mobile. The dorm mobile. Mm-hmm. Google it. Uh, also entered the chat. You don't chat have to tell me twice. During this time, it was marketed as a sleep only camper van. So everything that you needed for getting away from the house and sleeping comfortably. And then, you know, as competition increased, they added extra luxuries like a kitchen setup and a pop-up room for extra room. That is cute. Isn't it? You know what we don't do anymore? Those little like white stripe thing or white wall oh, tires, which we also need white. I mean, I like it too, but I'm just saying we don't do like fun little things anymore. You know, now it's just like, look at the sleek lines. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Where's the flames on the side? The doormobile reminds me of a happier hearse. Okay. Um... Sure. <laughs> okay. Doesn't it? Don't like you could say that about a station wagon. A station wagon more reminds me of a happier, slightly happier hearse. <laughs> okay. Sure. Um, and demand kept growing. So cars began to evolve into larger vans. And oh, then this had is all interesting. Space. The pop-up room mm-hmm. only popped up on one side to make like kind of a tent, like a triangular tent shape. Yeah. That is interesting. And look, the uh the I guess it'll be driver's side on this one, could like slide out. That's pretty cool. This is wild. Lots of cool stuff happened. And so on March 8th, 1950. It looks like an accordion. Mm-hmm. With, the, with the pop-up thing open, it looks like uh, someone was like, I'm going to make this whole car look like an accordion. It's wild. March 8th, 1950, the iconic VW Microbus entered the ring, uh, which became, like you said, synonymous with counterculture. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and people that, who just love counters. They're like, mm-hmm. look at this. Is that for Mica? I love this. People who were living in their vans full time. Right. So it wasn't just a recreational vehicle anymore. This was more of a lifestyle, which mm-hmm. is the hashtag van life that we're talking about. Right. There's also the Ford Transit, which is a van I, that I, came from the 1960s and then went on to produce some of the best Ford campers on the road today. I want to. Um, I don't want to go the whole episode without recognizing the fact that there are people who live in their vehicles, not by choice. And not Yes, like, I'm definitely going to cover that. Okay. I just wanted to make sure, because when we talk about this, like, every time we say, like, hashtag van life or we're talking about people doing it, it makes me want to say, like, yeah, but also. <laughs> it's a little tongue in cheek, right? Because we were talking about, like, the, the bloggers. Sure. Right? And, like, that Instagram perfect kind of comparison of the van. Um, but, yes, I am going to get to that. 100%. Great. Perfect. So, and then Fiat and Toyota released their own lines of livable vehicles. The Caravan Club, which is a club of RV enthusiasts, added motorhomes to their repertoire. And the camper van was now becoming more of a convenient alternative to a traditional camping trailer. Every time we say caravan, it makes me think of like there was a minivan that we had when I was growing up. Oh, and I yeah. want to say it was like Chrysler, maybe. Yep. But it was like the model was like caravan. Yep. And now every time you say caravan, I'm like, I'm not big. Well, I mean, maybe you get a twin mattress in there. Uh, So the 70s and 80s were a little bit of a tougher time for the idea of van life, um, but it came back in a way that no one could have predicted in the 2000s because of the financial crisis. Mm. There were mass layoffs uh, in 2008 and ongoing housing crisis in the United States and Europe mean that many people have turned to their vans as more of a cost-effective alternative to traditional renting or home buying. Yes. Uh, And, you know, plenty of people began it as an economic necessity and then 
realize they loved living on the road. So like I said, there are lots of reasons why people choose to live in their vehicles. Some it makes financial sense. Some they enjoy the sense of freedom. Others because they thrive in nomadic communities. Others so that, like I said, you can you know homeschool your children across the, the national parks. Yeah, but I, what I'm saying is I think it's also important to acknowledge there are people who don't do it by choice. Right. Right. They have no other option. The housing crisis is a big, big thing. And I think that it is important in, in our listeners' minds when you're thinking about when we're talking about like van life and like this van, that it's two different things, right? The idea of being like, oh, look at that person living in their car. So trendy, right? It's not always that. Sure, sure, sure. Exactly. If you if you go out and purchase one of these vehicles, then you are choosing the van life. Correct. Right. But there are plenty of people who find it is their only alternative. Exactly. I know exactly what you mean. So here are some etiquette oh, please, yes. rules that we'd love to talk about. I mean, overall, respect the place, respect the signage, and stay safe. There are lots of groups online. Every social media app there is has a like a group out there that will talk about uh, different advice. Lots of people have like forums that you can go to, and there are even meetups that you can attend if you're ever worried about being lonely on the road. And one of the things that they will tout is to know the rules of where you're going. Yeah. Because different places have different parking and camping rules. 100%. Um, also, there are differences between campsites or RV parks or even just parking lots. Right. And some of them have quiet hours. Some of them have noise ordinances. Um, And so pay attention to the signage where you are stopping. And there might even be someone to ask if it's okay to even park there. Right. And like I said, there are lots of apps and forums that can give you a heads up on a safe place to park no matter where you're going or staying. So one of the the rules of the road here is if you go to a coffee shop or some other place, right, to use Wi-Fi or use running water or things like that, it is polite to at least patronize the small business, right? Which means like buy something from them, not like be like, oh, it's nice. Oh, you have a business. <laughs> of oh, course, yes. How great for you. <laughs> huh? Look at you, business owner. Right. So if you're brushing your teeth at the coffee shop, maybe buy a pastry or a coffee. Right. Mm. Um, And then be considerate of your campsite. Lots of these posts that you see on Instagram show these like gorgeous sunsets or like wildlife opportunities or whatever. But you are bound to run into tourists every now and again. Right. Then it's time to slip on that Sasquatch suit. (laughs) Get out of here, tourists. When you're in crowded situations, uh, be sure to leave your vehicle lots of space to maneuver around and go slowly so as not to endanger other people. Um, And, you know, park in the right direction in the parking lot, especially at a campsite. Make sure that you've left the proper amount of distance between uh, vehicles because it's, you know, it's not nice to not be able to open your door. Right. Or if you have one of those pop up things, if you pop it up or out right next to your neighbor, you don't want to pop it up against the side of their vehicle. Right. Abide by the speed limits. Um, I'm reminded of when. We drove cross-country to California. And our Toyota Matrix. With the camper on the back. And well, we it had was the, a trailer. It was a trailer, and our Toyota Matrix could do it, <laughs> as long as it was at a zero-degree incline. And so it was like, yeah, we're going 60. This is great. Oh, what? We got to go up a little bit? 52, maxing out. Okay, yep. I love it. And people are honking behind us, and I'm like, yeah, man. Be kind. I also <laughs> wish I was going faster. 
<laughs> so be kind out there. Even if you are not living the van life, be kind to those people. Um, you know, not everybody has, I don't know. Did and I was have in a the right lane. Six? I was in the right lane. <laughs> they could have passed me. I'm clearly pulling. I've got like a car pulling a trailer. <laughs> Leave me alone. I got the smallest trailer I could. Okay, uh, and travel sustainably when possible. If you're in a new place, visit local shops, go to local restaurants. You know, it'll be cooler than hanging out in a McDonald's, and it also supports the economy of your temporary home, right? Um, leave no trace wherever you are, even if you're parked. No fingerprints. <laughs> Not one. Don't get caught on camera. In, <laughs> out, you're a ghost. I'm talking more about trash. Oh, okay. Uh, don't leave trash and make sure where you park, if you have um, hookups needed for your vehicle, that you hook them up properly, not just to like storm drains or whatever, right? Um, and don't assume people's situations or be judgmental. Everyone's on the road for a different reason, right? It's not all fairy lights and Instagram, right? Perfect. And don't give van lifers a bad name. There are a variety of ways to do this. If you park recklessly or if you are in an overcrowded space or you disobey the noise ordinances or if you're rowdy and rude and keep people up in the RV park, like the bad behavior, the bad behavior isn't just rude. Like you're ruining it for everyone else who wants to be there and has to be there. Right. You're giving people a bad name. Maybe one night you park your car at a local church and you're obnoxious all night long. That church, who previously welcomed people, might put up a sign that says no long-term parking. So then everybody else has to suffer. So, you know, be cool. So, speaking of giving people a bad name, Richard Stink has the new scent out. <laughs> uh, if you listen to My Brother, My Brother and Me, you will know Richard Stink. It's Justin. Justin's playing Richard Stink, who is a, uh, I would say, cologne and perfume enthusiast. Well, Richard has now released a room spray, and uh, this is the tagline. It smells good, just a lot. Uh, it has smells of marine, pineapple, lavender, bamboo, dark musk, amber, vetiver, and cedar. Uh, we've also got, I think, a really adorable, fun, keep your grades up, enamel pin, and a airbrush-style shirt, which reads, Omner to be nominated. Yes! Yeah. I want that. Yeah, we'll get that for you, babe. Don't worry. 10% of all merch proceeds this month go to the Transgender Law Center, which employs a variety of community-driven strategies to keep transgender and gender nonconforming people alive, thriving, and fighting for liberation. Uh, you can go check out all that merch at McRoyMerch.com, that merch, and more at McRoyMerch.com. Com. Also, next week in Austin, Texas, we're going to be performing at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. Well, my brother, my brother and me is. Yeah, um, I won't be there, but okay. he will. Sure. Um, <laughs> April 13th, 7 p.m. Tickets are on sale now in Austin, Texas. My brother, my brother and me. Go to bit.ly slash McElroy Tours for more info and ticket link. While you're there, also check out all the other uh, shows we've got. We've got uh, some live shows coming up in San Jose and Denver. That's three weeks away. April 27th, we're in San Jose, California with Adventure Zone with special great guest Abria Iyengar. Um, 28th, we're in San Jose with My Brother, My Brother, and Me. And April 29th, we're in Denver with My Brother, My Brother, and Me. So all the existing tickets from when we had to reschedule will be honored. Uh, but uh, we also have a few tickets available if you want to get new tickets. Also, we got the 20 Sun and Sea Surf the Vibe Tour coming up. Um, those are on sale now. We're going to be in Columbus, Milwaukee, Raleigh, Richmond, and San Diego. All of those available at bit.ly slash McElroy Tours. Also, thank you to our researcher, Alex, without whom we would not be able to make this show. Thank you to our editor, Rachel, without whom we would not be able to make the show. And thank you to you for listening. We could make the show without you, but why? Why would we do that? 
Huh? It would be silly. <laughs> also, thank you to Brent, Brento Floss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Bruja Betty Pennant Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group today. Speaking of Alex, please say hi to her when you email us, schmannerscast at gmail.com. We are always taking suggestions and topics and idioms, you know, just... Send her an emoji. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with some kind of some kind of explanation, hopefully. At least say hi. If you want. We'll see. Um, <laughs> and that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.